we only buy the twelfth acre. The most famous one. And the man will be able to be the the extra points of Achakula is Achar is something else. It's to do with the Emunah. It's not, it's a mitzvah, it's a piece of the Yishah. So they don't throw it in here. But it's not the Ikha Emunah. As we'll see. So we're talking about the Sheikh. We have to talk about three separate topics. Which all fall into the category called Mashiach. The first one is to discuss the person we call the Melech Mashiach, the person who will, be, who will be the Mashiach. The second one is to discuss what we call Yemoisa Mashiach, what will change in the world when Mashiach comes. And the third point to discuss is when Mashiach is going to come. When Mashiach is going to come. What has to happen for Mashiach to come? Because we understand that it's not. It's not just hear our worship. It's not just that there's a person called the king or the Melech HaMashiach. We're waiting for the change in the world which will which he'll bring about. So you have to understand what's going to happen before. What's going to happen before Mashiach comes? When's, what's going to bring Mashiach? What are the, what's the time factor? Why hasn't he come yet? And what's going to change in order to be able to come? And what's going to change afterwards once he's here? What do you call the Yemaisa Mashiach? Then I'll talk about the definition of the person. Who, who's right to be Melech HaMashiach and what his job is. And then after that, Vazishim will talk about this, while the Ramah finishes off with this idea of the peace of the Yisha, of the Chakil of the Cholim Shiyavah, why the Ramah brings it into the Ekev Okay, so let's first talk about the necessity for Mashiach. Why does it have to be a Mashiach? So we're going to see that there's two reasons why it has to be a Mashiach. And the first primary reason, which is a big nechama for us, the first primary reason why there's going to be a Moshe Mashiach is because the, there was an original tachlis that Kodesh Baruch had when he created the world. As we know, Kodesh Baruch creates the world, it was, a, it was meant to do a certain job. The world was given a time limit. Of 6,000 years to exist, like we know, the Chazal Taras, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, which is Alfi Shani Kayalma, the world exists for 6,000 years. And then the Chad Chorev, then the world gets destroyed. The physical world has done its job, so to speak, it's going to cease existing. And as we'll talk about, we get to the 13th Ekav, it's amazing how things move to the more spiritual level, we'll discuss that in the next Ekav. But the world is 6,000 years to exist, and the Kadesh Baruch created the world with a certain purpose in mind. Now, this is an important point. Right? We all know that HaKadosh Baruch creates a person with a purpose in mind. Which means HaKadosh Baruch creates a person that he should be Amin Ben Yisrael, like the Ramchal says, and he should be Zechot to Yisrael, in Adam Abba, which is a different dimension, which we'll also have to explain still. So the person is created with the opportunity to be Yisrael. What about the world? The world provides a framework for a person to have Yisraelis, and in order to be able to get that Yisrael. That's Pashat. But now we see something else. Hashem creates a purpose for the world also. Not just the individual who's going to be the Tzadik, the world as a whole has a tachlid also, has a, has a place to reach as well. Why? Why can't the world just continue being a bad place and the people who are tzaddikim will get the reward of Al-Mabla? Why does it have to be a ta'elis or end point for what the world's going to get to? So firstly, how do you know it is? How do you know there is such an end point for the world? So this Chazal ta'elis. And from the Psukim, the two places, from the Psukim next, that the reason is because Nakhodesh Baruch creates the world then the world has to bring to a situation of Kavit Shemayim. 
which means the world comes to the recognition that Baruch is in charge and, the, and it obeys him, so to speak. A world which is rebellious, a world which doesn't accept Hashem, a world which doesn't believe in Hashem, is an, an ongoing chidol Hashem. Hashem is there and people are for the majority of the most part. Most of the humanity aren't respecting him, aren't accepting him, aren't listening to him. So that's an ongoing source of chidol Hashem. Now, it's true each individual will get rewarded or punished. But the fact that there's such a, a so to speak, a worldview, such a mindset, that uh, people can do what they like, that people aren't banned by morality, that people are are free to act any way they want to, that's a stereo to the fact that Hashem is in charge. And therefore, the world has to bring at some stage to the recognition where it started from. Just like the world started on the sixth day of creation, Hashem, Malach, Geyos, Lavesh, it has to come back to that point, that the whole world is going to recognize it. And that, that's the, in a, therefore, in other words, the closing chapter of history has to go back to where it began. That uh, the world started off with the clarity that the world was in control and everything was created in order to do what he wanted it to. The world has to finish on the same point. The fact that, that for most of the period in between, the world was very far from that as a whole. So that's a, that, that's just a source of Chilul Hashem. And therefore that has to get corrected. It has to get corrected. It has to bring to the point that, so to speak, humanity as a whole will come back to that recognition of Kodesh Baruch is in control. Now, if that's the point of having, the, uh, uh, so to speak, if that's the point of where the world has to come to, so then the last scene has already been scripted. The last scene of the 6,000 years of the world coming back to that point, of, of that recognition in the world, that's already there from the beginning. The question is just what fa- when it's going to begin and what facts we're going to bring to it. That we'll talk about. But that, but that has to be the end point. That has to be the end point. It's like if you want to marshal right, of a clock, which goes the whole way around and comes back to the starting point. The world can go further and further from its starting point, but Hashem is going to have to bring it back again. Why? Because otherwise, there's a kilo, Hashem's plan didn't happen. Hashem's plan for the world was meant to be. If it never ever reaches the stage of doing what Hashem wanted it to do, then kilo, Hashem's plan was never done. And that's, an, that's not an option. That's axiomatically impossible. Right? If Hashem wants something to happen, it's going to happen. This is the question of when. And therefore, the first reason why we know there has to be Mashiach is nothing to do with Kali Yisrael. The first reason there has to be Mashiach is Mitzadach Chedul Hashem. And because that a world which is not obeying Hashem is an, is an ongoing Chedul Hashem, It'll have to be that that stage gets reversed and the world will come back to the, re- the, the position or to the, re- the recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Where is this in the second? It's a pasuk in Yechazkan and he says in the first. He says, talking about the Gola, he says in the first, Lo'i lemancham ani yaisa beis Yisrael. I'm not doing this for you. Lo'i lemancham. Not because of you, not because you deserve it. Kim lemani uleman shem kvoidi yamechadul bagoi. Actually, I'm going to bring Mashiach because of shem kvoidi. Right, Kodesh Baruch Hu's specific name, which is being Mechonul Bagoyim, the world isn't respecting him, listening to him, so that's already a reason to bring Mashiach. And why is this important? Because if Mashiach was only coming for Klai Yisrael, then one could start having questions. Maybe Klai Yisrael don't deserve it anymore, and maybe we, don't, we shouldn't get Mashiach, maybe we aren't up to the level of Mashiach, whatever it is, because if it's all for us, then that might be a question, which we'll discuss next. But if the reason to bring Mashiach is nothing to do with us, if the reason to bring Mashiach is because that's going to rectify the Chilul Hashem, which exists in a world which disobeys Hashem, which doesn't or denies Hashem, 
So then with Kaddish Shalom, that Kaddish has to be that point. And therefore, the world has to come back to that starting point, uh, regardless of Kaddish If it's going to be, we're going to be the medium through which Hashem is going to bring it to the next point. But it's not only because of us, it's only because we deserve it. It's firstly because that, that's the, the world at some stage has to reach the Tachas, Hashem said for it. Okay, so that's the first reason why there has to be Mashiach from the beginning. That the world will come back to the stage where it will recognize Hashem. In other words, at this stage of Mashiach we're talking, we're talking about it was from the Chet of Adam Rishon. Before Adam did something wrong, the world was at that stage. The world was what was doing what Hashem wanted it to do. It wasn't the place Hashem wanted it to be. Adam Zaveri set the world off track. Very, very off track. And it's been off track ever since. But at some stage, that itself is Mechaev that is going to come back to a point where it's, it's going to come back to a point where it will come back to where Hashem wants it to be. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let us, why, why does Chet uh, of Adam start setting the world in the wrong direction? Um, there are four reasons. Four reasons for that. A lot of the easiest reasons and we'll build up one by one. The simple reason is, until then, the Yetzirah had no place in the world. The result was just called a toy. There was a Yetzirah on the outside, but he wasn't inside anything. And therefore, he couldn't, until he was allowed in, so to speak, he couldn't affect anyone. Berega he did, so now it's not a world that's just over anymore. Now everything has got in its Yetzirah. So now you've changed everything from being focused on doing what Hashem wants it to do to being mixed between Tov and Ra. And as a result, everything gets affected. All our verses are just a total of that. We didn't let the Ra in. Once we already have it, we work with it. We, we influence life, but we didn't cause that to happen. That was a, that's the first simple shot, whatever other mission did wrong. The second shot is that other mission was, if there was meant to be the one human being in the world, so his neshama was a composite of everyone's neshamas, like Hazal say. If that's the case, it wasn't like just one person's avera, it was kilo, humanity all doing avera. So that was the one person which was in the world. It would be like the whole world had decided we're going to go to avera. It was supposed to be just him? Had he not done avera, it would have been just him. So what was his messiah? What was his like tafkid in the world? Just not the equalized last as the whole thing? That was the starting point of the tafkid. There would be more than that. But uh, the, the, the concept of Adam sinning as one person is, like I said, the comparison today, the entire world sinning. Because it's, it's, it comes to the same point. Altogether, we like Adam The third point. The third point, and this is something which is a little bit deeper. I'll get to the fourth point after that. The third point, I want to start with two case scenarios that I'm going to think about. And I'll use it to explain what I want to say about My first scenario is you have a person who now in learning. He decided he's going to hiking in the Grand Canyon. Right? So he travels to Arizona and he's on a hike, 12 hour hike, and he runs out of water and it's boiling hot. And the last three hours he hasn't anything to drink and he feels he's starting to, he's starting to overheat, he's starting to feel faint. And in the middle of nowhere, how are you going to find drinks? But amazingly enough, uh, somewhere along the line, someone has pitched a, uh, like a cart and he's sitting cold drinks. Unbelievable. As he goes up to see and uh, desperate, what are you I need a drink. Sorry, the only thing I've got is his natural grape juice. Not no heksha, probably stamina. That's all I got. I brought a, I brought a load of grape juice, I'm gonna buy grape juice. That's our first our first individual, right? Now, he's really really thirsty, he thinks he might find inside and he knows it's not kosher. So he has an sign. He has an sign. There are two options. 
even he's strong and decides he's not going to drink it. Or he's going to be in some whatever dress for have, he's going to do that and decide he can't drink it. Okay, that's our first, our first case. Now our second case. You have a guy who's, who came to Israel for the summer and he's walking down Malchus Israel. And it can get hot here and it's Israel also. So he goes into one of the kiosks in Malchus Israel to ask for a drink. He goes, sure, go to the drink. So he goes, what do you want? So he sees there's a row of mineral water and there's a row of Coca-Cola and a row of other juices. And he looks through and see what he wants. And right at the bottom he sees, hey, there's a strange uh, grape juice I've never seen before. All the way from Arizona. It doesn't have a hechshah. So now he's a hechshah, so should I buy this uh, non-kosher drink, which I have, I don't know, I had landed up there, but I found this in the fridge here. Or should I settle for whatever I want, a water, a Coke, a Sprite, a fruit juice, whatever it is. So the Etsam, it's the same design. The Etsam is the same design. Are you going to buy this particular drink or not? Except, it's very, very different. Why? Because, in our first example, right, if a person is nichshal, let's put it in the context of, it's not good, but it's understandable. Right? It was, he was in a position of, he was being mitzayr, he was suffering, he was, he didn't have any other options. So, if you're going to be nichshal, let's say it's a bit more understandable. If it be miskaber, so you say, wow, it's a tzaddik. In our second example, if a person's nishal is Amish or Russia, you had not any other amount of options. You had to definitely choose the one you found which was straight. You could have taken anything you wanted. And they're all kosher. And if he's not, and if he's miscover, says, you know what, it's okay. I'll take the other juice. I'll settle for oranges. It's not a big deal because what what is so hot? Right, so yes, the the sachet is the same, or the action is the same. But the circumstances are completely different. Now if you understand now Marshall, let's talk about automation. Adamarish and Ganadin was like our second case. Hashem told him, the whole world's yours. You have everything you want. There's one thing at the bottom you can't take. Don't take it Everything else is yours, mutzah, hetzah, whatever you want. You're not missing anything in the world. There's one thing you can't have. Adam gravitates to that. But there's nothing else in the world which is awesome. That was the only awesome thing you could possibly do. And that's what you got to. It's like the hachis you have a whole refrigerator of drinks. Why do you have to find the one which is straight and go buy that one? Mashiach, today in the world, everything is right. So, yes, you, a person can be misguided, a person can be strong, and it's like the guy in, the, in Arizona. When there's so much wrong, that you mis- a person's strong to do that, to look for what's cool. No, not, not to be initial the whole time. It's exactly the other way around. Now, made it sound simple. Let's say in the words of the Bali Makshad. It works like this. You saw I've just said with a, with a simple story, but there's a deep, there's a machshava here, and the way it works like this: there's a balance in the world. Which there's a balance in the world, and the balance works like this: the higher the level of the world, the higher the level of the world means the worse every other is. Because if there's so much kedusha in the world, there's so much options of good. So what are you looking for to be bad? So yes, as the as the world's level goes up, each other becomes much more serious. As the world's level goes down, so that anybody who's trying hard is already a big tzaddik. But if everybody's doing so bad and you try not to be like that, so Adarabha, with the fact that you misguide is an amazing thing. Yeah, again, it's a more practical motion. In the, in, the, in the shtetl in Europe, where no one was doing anything majorly wrong, let's say, right? So to say, okay, I must have been good, and what's the big deal? Everyone is. Right? You have to try very hard to do there. But today in the world, it's so easy to do there, the person says, I'm being mishazik. It's worth much more. The, the value of an, an individual's mindset is exactly in opposite proportion to where the world holding. Which is why you'll see, every time Klai Yisrael got to a higher darga, 
Small Averis made a bigger difference. By the Midbar, by the time of Besam Mikdash, whenever Klaish were on a very high Dargah, so any small Averis is a big thing because why did you do it? What did you need it for? It makes the Averis that much worse. When you Klaish are in the Midbar and you have man and you have slav and you have, you have your animals, you have everything you want, now you can complain that you want cucumbers. It, it, you have everything. Well, well, that's your problem. It makes it much worse. Mashiach came. In a case where the level of everyone's much lower, so now the individual mice becomes much worth much more. And as the becomes worth much more. So yes, why Ottomarishan's affair was so serious was because from the position he did it in, made it so bad. None of us in that position. So I don't know. Our mitzvahs would be more valuable than his. Because him it was in a world of which, which is easy to miss. It's fast, it's much harder. Our mitzvahs should be more valuable than his. The idach, his aver is much more serious than ours. So it's going, there's always going to be that natural balance. Now, that's the third point. Now, that's the, world, the three points you mentioned so far. So if the world has to come back to a point of automation before, before the aver, the world will come back to a point that everything doesn't touch him. How's it going to happen? We don't see the world going there. We don't see the world going there. Exactly the opposite. The world just seems to get worse the whole time. Right? This is a fair question. In Kirov very often, when you try to explain the concept of why there has to be Mashiach, this is the first question everybody asks. Right? And that is, I can understand the conceptually that yes, it would be nice to bring the world back to its pristine purity and the level it once was. Rabbi, you see that happening? You see we're getting closer or further from that? Right? And let's be honest. Yes, the world's getting further and further from that. So how's that going to happen? How's it going to reverse? Nothing's happened like that ever, right? The things just seem to get worse and worse the whole time. So what's going to change? What's going to change? Now, and this is important, because if the Muna Mashiach is, the Kaddish Baruch is going to bring the world back there, right? So then there has to be a Mahalakha that's going to happen. So there's one of three Mahalakha Mashiach we can choose to use. Which one is going to choose? We'll talk about, we'll talk about when Mashiach is going to come. Let's, let's link to that. But the three, the three options the Kaddish Baruch has to choose from and how he's going to make it happen. Because leaving it to people's own khira uh, and own sense of right and wrong or sense of conscience and morality, it's not happening. On the contrary, people are more and more getting rid of their conscience and doing what they want to do. It's going further and further from what Hashem wants. So it's not going to happen as a natural osmosis of people doing the right thing. That's for sure not. We have to see that. So how is it going to happen? So like I said, Hashem has three options to use. And uh, which one he's going to use, we'll talk about when we talk about Hamashiach, when, when the timeline for Mashiach. The option number one, option number one is, uh, it's true. HaKadosh Baruch doesn't need everybody. So he's going to reduce the amount of people in the world to the people that are doing the right thing. And everybody else can disappear. Hashem doesn't need them. So the first option is, first through, we call through, through then. Through then is, we're going to bring the world back to where it's meant to be. Anybody doesn't conform is out, they get killed. And we left with a few people left, oh, that's okay. Our mission was one. Yeah. It's not going to destroy the whole world, there's no point in that. But whoever doesn't, whoever is not right, so to speak, to, do, to come back to that stage, yeah, will destroy them. That's right. This has happened to Kal Yisrael and Mitzrayim. Right? And that is, uh, Hashem took out the hidden ones that come out. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to give the Klai Shalom Mitzrayim. So the Klai Shalom wanted to come out. He said, you're the ones I'm taking out. And the Klai Shalom didn't want to come out. Well, what? okay, so then stay in Mitzrayim, you'll die here. They did. 
we're talking tremendous numbers. The Olam doesn't have that. We're talking tremendous numbers. If we talk about the amount of people coming out as being 600,000 men, and always make, they always make the cheshmer. You multiply it plus the amount of women, plus the people over 60, plus 120, you get to approximately 3 million people. This is the Yishonim's cheshmer, right? The men of 2060 is probably a fifth of the whole Jewish people, so you're talking about 3 million people. 3 million people with 20% of Kali Yisrael, right? That means 12 million people died in Mitzrayim. That's double the Holocaust. One in, in three days. 12 million people in three days. In three days of Kali the first three days, Unbelievable numbers. But that's the Yisrael. When Hashem comes to Din, now is the time, to, the time now is when I want to, is when there's Kaisal coming out. There's no more time to mess around. If you're, up, you're not on board, you sink. If you're the part of it, or you're not. And if that's the way that the Mishriach is going to come, then it's going to come to the same Cheshman. If you're on board, you're on board. And if you're not, forget about it. It'll destroy you. That's going to happen just one day, just like, just like that. What happened? Or is that just a slower process? Like, over time? And, uh, no, 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 no. If that's, a, if that's the method Hashem is going to choose, what we're going to see, and then it'll be a day or two days or three days, it's going to be very fast. Very fast. Huh? How Hashem can do it, he has his ways. Uh, I don't have to try and predict the way he's going to choose. And the MC doesn't need any way. If Hashem wants people to die, they'll die. If not, he doesn't he have to find an excuse for it. Right? But the Nakoda is Dafka, this is the method used when there's no time. When, like now is the time for Jesus to shine, it can't. It has to happen. Why does he give even three days? Why doesn't like Marcus go first? One second you're alive, one second everyone's dead. Why do even three days? Like a, also a festival of tshuva, or that even something that the Chazal say there is it took time to bury everybody. <coughs> the what? It took time to bury everyone. Because everyone's dead. Start burying. Could be. I, give I don't know. Maybe they all died in one second. I don't know. It says they died in the first few days of Pesha. That's what Chazal said. Could be the first second that it took through to bury everybody. Maybe. By the way, it's always a pattern. It's not the time to go into it. Right? The reason that the Kaisha died during Makkah's Kaisha is the Mitzvah should notice. Right? So when they came out, where did they think everyone went? Right? Like suddenly 80% of the population is gone. Like what do they think happened to them? That's that, that kind of a question for a different time. Anyway. This Mahalath is going to be Jews and non-Jews? 100%. 100%. There will be Jandus and those are the ones who are willing to conform. Those are the ones who are willing to conform. Like the Pasuk says in Zechariah and Furish that all the Goyim will come to be the Shtach of Hashem and Hashem Tzvokas in Yishalai. And if any. What's the Bechira then? Once they see so clearly, so why do they get a chance to conform? It's so clear that the Hashem is just killing everyone else. So. They're the ones who aren't, haven't been Makal to themselves yet. Right. Now, can I happen to Klai Yisrael also? The Apostle says yes. The Apostle says yes. The Rambam writes in Geras Taiman. The Rambam writes in the first day, he says, before Mashiach comes, if Hashem is in this method of whoever deserves to survive, survives, and whoever doesn't deserve to survive, gets destroyed. So he brings the Pazak in Yeshaya, which says, the Oidva Assyria. And, and then those will be left, those will still be there, Assyria, one ten. And therefore, Chazal said, and Ramakon brings in the Geras Taiman, that if this is the method Hashem is going to bring Mashiach, one tenth of Kaisha will be left. Which means you're talking even bigger numbers. That, if we're talking about the estimate, let's say today, the world's Jewish population is 14 million people, Eric. So you're saving one tenth of that? It's not very many. We're talking about another 12 point something million people. Okay, but that, that, that's an option. Like I said, it doesn't have to be the option. We'll see what the fact is. Again, what Hashem is going to do, we don't know. There are also clear. We don't know which one Hashem is going to do. We know what the factors are which will bring to each one of them. So option number one is that Hashem is going to bring the world to us to get. So whenever it doesn't, doesn't conform, it gets destroyed. 
And then the world, whoever's left there, will be doing what Hashem wants. Option number one. Option number one. And that's what we call Akadosh Baruch Hu bringing the Gordon from Din. Through Din. That's option number two. Option number two is similar also to that of the Mitzrayim, but a different aspect of Mitzrayim. And that is that, like I said, left to their own devices and their own sense of right and wrong, people aren't going to get better. It's 100%. The trend of the world is to get worse and worse. Right? Ella what? Akadosh Baruch Hu can intervene. Akadosh Baruch Hu can intervene and then make people wake up. And then they realize that uh, that, that makes them start thinking we're doing the wrong thing. Right? Now, like, or the Makkas and Mitzrayim did. Right? Without the Makkas, neither the Jews nor, nor the Mitzrayim were going to change suddenly with what they've been doing until then. But having seen enough Makkas and been woken up enough, then even the Paris advisors could tell him, this is Yad Hashem. No, you better listen. It's, we see there's a power which is stronger than us. That's the second option. The second option is, after all, before he destroys everyone, Hashem's other option is to intervene in the world and wake people up. Wake people up, but they suddenly see that there's something here which we can't explain, there's something here which is beyond our understanding, ability to deal with, and that will bring them back to a certain point of chiva, which will, that's Hashem's option of saying, bringing Mashiach through Rechem. Through Rechem, it has to, again, it has to come to the stage where people will come, will come back to that to where Hashem wants him to come to but now Hashem's going to help them instead of destroying it, doesn't, everyone isn't part of it Hashem's going to help them and then he made it, how does Hashem help us? he makes it clearer to us what's right and what's wrong so we don't have any more focus and yes, and that's why always when people saw major upheavals in the world or anything like that, people think maybe this is the sign Hashem is coming because the way you always look at it is maybe these are the things Hashem is showing people that wake up Rabbi say look, there's someone in charge again, that Mahalach could work it's one of the options Hashem has. It's one of the options Hashem has. And uh, the, the only thing is that Mahalach needs participation. Which means people have to get to take the science. So, just like by the Makkas in Mitzrayim. That it, it, it needed the participation of whoever was witnessing the Makkas to realize that HaKadosh uh, Baruch was in charge. And there were those who did and there were those who didn't. Like Hashem himself says, There's those who are listening and those who are not. Hashem doesn't force people to listen to him. He shows them clearly enough that if they were looking to see, they would see. But uh, that's the second option. Could that be happening today? Like when people have like a crazy story that happened to them and then they come from and whatever? It could be, but we're talking about globally. There's not one or two people talking about the whole world. So is that what's happening? Could you explain Corona like that? Maybe. Could you explain other things which doesn't make, don't make sense naturally like that? Maybe. Whatever it is. We don't know when Hashem wants to make it happen, but that's, it, that's the option Hashem has for himself. So it could be this, this option has been started on a very small scale. Yeah, certainly. it could be, and it could be totally, and that's the mahalak which Hashem wants to use, and it will get more and more and more. And then, like the Prophet says, Kimei Tzayis Khamerez is Khamerez in the flows. Right? And we'll see, we'll, it'll become more and more obviously clear that, uh, now, again, that's the mahalak of Rachamim, because that way Hashem is not destroying anybody, on the front, he's trying to, get, trying to change them. And uh, what it needs to work is that people are willing to cooperate. But he's going to feel willing to cooperate and listen to the messages and, and, and change. That's option two. Then there's option number three. And option three is somewhere in the middle. It's not distraction, but it's not uh, it's not just chesed. It's somewhere in the middle. That's what the Gemara says in the Gila, that mitayich pachat. Mitayich pachat. When it says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem will make them meyach ha'shohamon. And now, the fear will bring Kali Yisrael back. Now this is only a mahalik for 
then that, that's another option. And it's not that people can notice Hashem because they see that things aren't working in a natural way. That's Rachman. I'm not suffering right now, but I, if I think about it, I notice what's going on. I have no explanation for it, so I'm going to have to come to rethink my position about things, whatever it is, and I'll come back to the, I'll come back to children. That's 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 chesed. That's an easy one. But the other option is through fear, which means it's not that people are getting destroyed, but people are afraid they're going to be destroyed. Whatever the whatever's going to cause the fear it doesn't make a difference, right? And now we take the pachad they're going to do the like Bahamut. The same idea. I just want to clarify something with children. Clarify weren't holding about doing children on their own. So it wasn't Hashem did nisim. So wow, look at this. What a nice. Must be the Hashem. Hashem used a different option. Pachad. Uh, they saw this, the, the signs on the on every street corner and wall that you're going to destroy all the Jews. That this, this is the date everyone's going to get turned into the gas chambers and wiped out. And the fear wakes people up. That's Hashem's third option. And it's something between. No one, it's not like everyone's getting destroyed, but with Sarashani, everyone's going to get punished. Or and put in the position where Mikoyach the Pachad, and again, this is the possible. Uh, the They'll come and hide on Haritzion. We pachad Hashem and we had our going because they're afraid. Right? We have a, we have three, all the three options in the psukim. All the three options in the psukim. We have the option of Hashem destroying whoever doesn't deserve it, and those who are left. Those who left, the survivors, will be left in Haritzion. They'll be the ones who that's the first option. Everyone else will get destroyed, like the pasuk says. Hashem says. I'll make my arrows drunk with blood, and my sword will eat flesh. How many? How much blood does it take an arrow to get drunk? How much blood does it take for an arrow to get drunk? It says, "Ashkir midam." I'm going to make my arrows drunk with blood. How much blood is it? It's not Hashem's arrows. It's talking about a tremendous amount. That's option number one. Hashem will destroy whoever does deserve it. That's it. The world will be left as ever deserves. That's option one. Option two, like we said, and this also, possible. Then Hashem will deny him, which will wake people wake up to the realization that they should, that, that, that they're doing something wrong that will change them. And the third option is the the, the pachad of what's going to come. It was going to make them do job. Yes. Right? This is what we talk about, like I said, we talk about when she is going to come. The options are always there for all three. The, which one a ship is going to choose and when he's going to bring it, that depends on the factors of when Mashiach has to come, which we'll learn in the next slide. But that, that, this is a step before Mashiach. In other words, the stage is going to, Mashiach isn't just going to suddenly happen. Right? Wake up one day and suddenly Mashiach is going to be here. In other words, it's not working like that. Because the world's not suddenly going to change. Right? Halavai. Halavai. It'd be wonderful if that would happen, but we can see it's not going to happen. Right? Hashem is not going to bring Mashiach before let's say, before the stage where the world's ready to come back to the stage where to come to. Now, if the world would wake up on their own and everyone decides to do children, we'd have mass, uh, a mass shiver of the whole class role, at least. That would be enough. Right. Okay, say that, but halavai. Uh, and we don't see class role on their own necessarily coming back to children in such huge numbers. That's unfortunate. Maybe that's the Matthias. Right? So it's going to take, have to, it's going to need some outside force to make it happen. It's going to either have to be that Klai Yisrael gets narrowed down to only those people who deserve to be part of Klai Yisrael and then everybody else gets destroyed. But then again, then there's the pre-Mashiach process of destroying everyone else who so whoever's left deserves to be there. Because the other option is 
there has to be an, enough, enough options of makas or nisim in the world that people wake up like in Mitzrayim. It took time, 10 makas until the clash will come out of Kunzumas, it took a whole year. So it'll take time until the Goda comes. Even though Hashem's society is bringing the Goda, but the point of the makas was to wake everybody up to make them recognize Hashem, to, to prepare them, so to speak, to change the mindset, change the way they act, whatever it was. It takes time. Let's think of the clash from Mitzrayim. But they didn't change overnight, not even the Jews. They were over there with Desire beforehand. And until they were able to shut the coffin place, the detachment of the desire, it took a whole year. It took a whole year of seeing nace after nace, maka after maka, miracle after miracle, until they got to that stage. So if Hashem is going to go to the roots of changing people by showing them, it's going to take time. So what happens suddenly overnight? It'll take time until people, we'll see a mahalik in the world taking time until people will be gently brought back. Or option number three, is something's going to have to happen to make people very afraid, very quickly. And if that's the case, mitoich bepachat, people do job. Again, not, maybe not everybody, but whoever at least has some uh, has some deep down understanding of right and wrong connection, so the pachat will make them do job. Now, like I said, what happened without any of these things? It needs one of them. But we don't, have a t- we don't necessarily have an amount of time for that. Right? For example, there's a chazal that says, that means in the Davinci could take three hours. Could take three hours, we'll be off. If now, maybe previous terrorists would have had no idea how such things possible. How are you gonna run a war for three hours? Especially if it's a significant battle, right? If each soldier should be dealt with by hand by hand hand to hand combat with a sword, like what are you gonna achieve in three hours already? But uh, now we see with, with the kinds of weapons of mass destruction that there are today, in three hours you can do a, a tremendous amount of damage. But if, 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 if you have two countries fighting, each one will send an atom bomb, in three, if it takes less than three hours, you can destroy thousands and thousands of people. So we don't know how long it's going to take. We don't have a time limit. But it has to be one of the three options. Mashiach is not going to come with nothing happening because what made him come suddenly? Mashiach has to come from a point where, to bring the world back to what it's meant to be, which means the world is ready for that. We'll also be ready for that, and therefore we have the options of how Hashem is going to do that to to prepare the grounds, so to speak, for Mashiach to come.